Hello, everyone. Uh, good to see you. Uh, my name's Chris, and uh, good to be with you uh, today as we look at God's Word together. Uh, so let me pray for us before we look at this passage together. Dear Father, we do thank you so much that you care for us, and you care for us by speaking to us. Uh, so, Father, we do pray so much that you would help us to listen to you well today, uh, and give us soft, open hearts to listen to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. Uh, this chapter is full of all sorts of beautiful phrases, images, invitations, promises. Beautiful invitation here. Come, all who are thirsty. I wonder, though, as you read through this chapter, if you also, maybe something stuck out a little bit for you. In the middle of this beautiful chapter, verses 6 to 7, there is a call from God here to turn to him. This chapter, in many ways, is about repentance, turning to the Lord. Repentance um, doesn't have a great PR in one sense in the world. It's not a universally popular thing, but is this worth listening to for us today? Uh, society uh, kind of approves, I suppose, of repentance in some forms. Uh, you think of this as past week, um, quite a few politicians have had to say sorry for things, turn away from things they said. You know, some form of repentance, I'll leave you to decide whether it's sincere or not. I'm not, I'm not here to judge that. But society believes in that in some sense. But for us, on Remembrance Day of all days, we think of the world and we do... There is so much we wish we could turn around, let's be honest. So much. Look back in our history. So much. Look around the world today. So much we wish we could turn around. And that might be true also in our own lives, of course. Mistakes that we've made, ways we've bogged up, relationships, family, friends, all sorts of ways we wish we could turn things around. But of first importance, this chapter tells us, First importance is to turn ourselves around to God. That's first importance. Um, this, if you're not familiar with the book of Isaiah, we've been going through this book uh, for the last couple of months, and um, written by uh, this is kind of the, uh, the prophecies of Isaiah to Israel. This is about 700 years before Jesus Christ. And we've got to this section, uh, chapters 40 to 55 which is a chunk together, uh, really talking about how for God to accept Israel, despite all its sin, uh, accept Israel and for Israel to belong to him again and trans- for them to be transformed, God needs to intervene. And this third chapter is really the, uh, uh, the climax of that chunk, chapter 55. And really, it's a, because Israel might have been thinking, great, God's going to intervene for us, brilliant. But what does it mean for me? What does it mean for myself? I mean, objectively, these things are promised. Brilliant, brilliant. But me, individually, subjectively, do, do I need to do anything? What about me? And this chapter, and especially those verses in the middle, say, yes, you need to turn, Israel. You need to turn to me. That's what God says here, and that's what we're looking at. And for us today, coming here uh, with all sorts of things on our mind, perhaps, but maybe in terms of repentance, turning to God, maybe we have questions of, um, what does this even mean? What does this mean to repent and turn to God? Especially if we're 
uh, wouldn't call ourselves a Christian or we're just investigating things perhaps. But even if we've been a Christian for many years, what does repenting and turning mean? And is it still relevant for me today? Uh, So we need to look at this together. So let's um, have a closer look, first of all, at those two really key verses in the center there, uh, verses 6 and 7. This is on um, page 743, um, if you'd like to follow along. This is really uh, the headline of the chapter, really. Return to God for pardon. Return to God for pardon. I notice um, a few aspects to that in verses 6 and 7. So, number one is, seek the Lord, call on him. So, that's the opposite of being quiet, saying nothing, just carrying on as you are. So, it's not be quiet, it's call on him. Seek the Lord, call, ask for pardon. Okay? There's something else, though, which is verse 7, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. So part of repentance is turning from the sin we do, the ways we disobey God. That's part of repentance. Not um, justifying our sin and carrying on in that deliberately, but turning from that. That's part of it. And also with that is a turning to the Lord. That's a part of repentance. Turning away from sin, turning to the Lord, to want to live for him. Not just... uh, turning inwards or again carrying on as we like but just turning wanting to live for God that's part of repentance uh, notice um, there's, there's quite a lot of urgency in these verses um, so verse 6 seek the Lord while he may be found call on him while he is near so to return to God is available that's is available now it won't always be this is, this is urgent an urgent message to respond to But notice also what awaits those who do. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. That's what awaits. Mercy. God not treating us as our sins deserve. Pardon. Forgiveness. That's what's on offer here. Return to God for pardon. God's call to return to him is an astonishing message. Astonishing, I can't even say that. Astonishing message. I've got it. It is, and you might not think that instinctively perhaps. It doesn't sound that great in one sense. This is an astonishing thing. For God to say to Israel, Israel, I am willing to pardon you all your horrific ways you've turned against me. Your fake religion, your stupidity, your violence, the blood on your hands. I'm willing to pardon you all that. Amazing. And it's similar for us, too. That God is saying, I'm willing to pardon you all the ways that you horrifically, really, we trample on our fellow human beings. We, um, we, we don't treat God as, our, as he deserves. He is our creator, our maker. We should live for him perfectly. We don't do that. We put ourselves at the center of our life. But God is willing to pardon all that. And if we're a Christian, but we're we're drifting from God perhaps in some way, he's willing to pardon that and welcome us back. An amazing thing that God will call us to return to him. Um, Notice, of course, though, that it does involve action. 
returning to God. It involves action. And he says, he says, call, turn from your sin, turn to him. And that involves action for us. We need to do something. Uh, makes me think of, uh, if you were to climb uh, Mount Everest, or try to, um, I would love to do that in a way, but I'm never going to do it. Uh, has anyone here done that? Anyone climbed Everest? Anyway, um, it's one thing you could do with your life, you know. Um, but if you climb Everest, of course, you can get in real trouble. Most likely on the last day. You're trying to get to the summit, and, but it happens that you run out of oxygen, you're not strong enough, whatever. Uh, and your guide will tell you to turn around. It's like you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it to the top and return safe. You've got to turn. And what people say is that it's really interesting at that point, for many people, it's such a hard thing to do. Because just so desperate to get to the top, you've paid like $70,000 to do it. Think of your family and friends, you'd love to tell them you've done it, you just want to get there. Some people just plow on and don't turn around. God is saying to Israel, don't be like that. You've actually got to turn. You've got to return to God. And he will pardon you. God knows that we like to plow on. And so wonderfully, um, he gives us a lot to help us to listen to this message, actually. And the rest of this chapter 55 is to help us to listen. Um, So we're going to look at a couple of ways in which he does that. Um, One would be uh, the first half of the chapter there. Um, So verses 1 to 5. Return to me, God says, return without cost. That's this first half, return without cost. It's very important to know this. God says, I cover the cost totally. In a couple of ways. So God pays for your pardon. That's one way. Verses 1 to 2 here. Did you notice something a bit odd? Um, He says, come, buy, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. He's saying, buy, purchase something, but there's no cost. That is a bit odd. The only way that that makes sense is if there is a cost, but God has paid it. And we were hearing about that last week in the previous chapter, that God said he would send his Messiah as a suffering servant to give his life instead of our life. That is the cost. And it cost Jesus his life because that prophecy is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. God pays for your pardon, he says here. Also, God guarantees your pardon. That's also very important. Um, It can be a little bit confusing, but um, in verse 3, the you uh, kind of changes. Um, so he's suddenly talking about a you who is a, is a, singular, is a singular you. It's a particular person he's talking about. It's really important to know that to make sense of these verses. Again, he's talking about his Messiah here. His Messiah is going to be the guarantee that this pardon is going to work. So that's why he says about this Messiah figure. He says, I will make an, ever, I will make an everlasting covenant, a binding promise, with you the Messiah, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him, again the Messiah, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples, and nations you do not know will come in running to you. So he's saying this Messiah figure 
He's going to guarantee your pardon. It's all done. It's all prepared. It's all ready. It's guaranteed. So you can come to God without cost. I think wonder if for many of us, uh, what, think what can make it hard to return to God. What makes it hard? I think it can often be um, ways we might be mistaken about God's character. I think of myself. Uh, when I was kind of growing up, when I was uh, you know, at school, I had a, I don't know, a confused understanding of what God might be like. Uh, but certainly in part, I thought of God as a from a Victorian headmaster, really. Just very strict, looking for every fault. He might pretend to be kind, but he's not really kind. He's just toying with you. But that kind of character, looking to find every fault. If that's how you think of God, you won't want to return to him, will you? And maybe that's something that you would say about God, and that makes it difficult for you. But here we see God, God pays for your pardon. He guarantees it. What an amazing God who would do that. So you can return to him, return without cost. Uh, let's move on to uh, uh, just the second half of the chapter. So verses 8 to 13. One more major thing uh, that God tells us here to help us return to him. Here in these verses, he says, return without regret. Return without regret. This is kind of the impact of repentance, really. You won't regret returning to God. And that's because, verses 8 to 11, first of all, it works. It's really important to know that. Um, In these verses, we'll go through it in a second. In these verses, we see there's an infinite gap between God and human beings. An infinite gaping gap because of our sin. So, verse 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Infinite gaping gap between God and humanity. And yet, he tells Israel, when you heed my call to return, I obliterate that gap. Just by you turning to me, I obliterate it. So, verse 10, he says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. It works. God's call to return to him, it works. It bridges the gap between us and him. It brings us to know him as father. That's what Jesus Christ does for us. He brings us to God as father. He gives us his spirit. Amazing that it just obliterates that gap between us. It works. In some religions, um, well, all religions, I would say, apart from Christianity, in some sense, it would say that even turning to God, however you'd understand that, doesn't guarantee he accepts you. There's still a gap. He's just too other, perhaps. There's still a gap. And the Christian faith says that is not true. God obliterates that gap through Jesus Christ. So we can return to him. And also, as it works, 
and also it transforms. Again, that's very important to know. Verses 12 to 13. Look at the impact here. Verse 12. You will go out in joy. Joy, so kind of inner transformation of, uh, of the person. And be led forth in peace. Peace, that is kind of a new relationship with God, totally transforms. In fact, creation is transformed and there's no curse, that's saying here. And, and at the end of the chapter, the transformation displays how brilliant God is. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. God's call to return to him, it transforms you. Gives you that joy, that peace. Transformation, brilliant. And again, I wonder if this might be a sticking point uh, for some of us, is that if I turn to God, if I turn back to God, will he actually change me? Will he transform me? Is that a question we have, perhaps? And I, I know for myself, I was just so encouraged when I, when I look back and um, I became a Christian, really, at the end of university and um, really understood what it meant to come to Jesus and, and did that for myself. Uh, for most of university, I would just go out drinking with my mates and I found it very, very hard to say no. Chris, you want to come drinking? I just, I just said yes. I couldn't say no. Wonderfully, when I came to God through Jesus, it was actually quite easy just to say no. In his kindness, he transformed my heart. I just, I don't need what you're offering me at that point. I'm okay. God transforms you when you come to him. So return without regret. Well, what have we seen here? We've seen, uh, we've seen return to God for pardon. That's really the take home. Return to God for pardon. Call on him. Turn away from your sin. Turn to God to live for him. And you can do it return without cost. Return without regret. Just to take a moment to think for ourselves, really, kind of how we might want to respond to God about this. How might you respond to this? A couple of questions that might help us. Um, One would be, um, do I have a sticking point? Do I have something that's stopping me returning to God, either for the first time or because I've been drifting from him? Maybe there's a particular sin that I just don't want to let go of. I, maybe that's stopping us from returning to God. Is, is there something stopping you? What's your sticking point? But really, our ultimate question is, do I want to call on God today? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Do I want to call on him today? Including if we've never done that in our lives. It is possible to go to church every single day of our life, but to have never called on God for pardon. Never turned from our sin and to him to live for him. That is possible. So do ask yourself that question. Do I want to call on God today? And you can pray that in your heart and you can know that God will accept you as his child and be your father. Remembrance is a time when we so much wish we could 
turn around so many things, so much regret. But of first importance is to turn ourselves around to God. That is the most important. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you know what is most important. And often we get that wrong. We also thank you that you are kind beyond our imagination. I do pray that whether we're uh, really familiar with these things we've heard today from you or, or really new to them, that you would change our hearts so that we would want to call on you and turn from our sin and turn to you in faith. And so, Father, pardon and transform us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.